0: Well, good morning, Inspire Church. What an absolute privilege and an honour it is to be bringing you the Word of God again today, and uh, what an exciting day to celebrate the incredible goodness of God in our lives. I don't know how you woke up, but I woke up fired up. I remember an old preacher one day telling me, uh, his name was George Thomas, actually, the guy who had huge influence on um, discipling me and leading me to Christ, and uh, he said, Don, you were born into the fire, you will never be able to live in the smoke. What an incredible statement. And I have maintained that in my life. And I found there's some keys and some principles in maintaining that in your life. Maintaining the fire, the passion. We've got to live passionate. And uh, I believe passion cannot live in the past. Passion, it always has to live into the future. Passion comes out of your future, out of your vision, out of the God-instigated vision in your life. And that comes by the Word of God. And uh, I want to tell you right now, we're going to go to the word in a minute. But before I do, what a privilege. Uh, Welcome, everybody uh, coming online right now. It's great to be in your homes. Uh, We're still in lockdown here in Auckland. And um, so here we are in your homes. I want to welcome people from all over the world, especially our church in Singapore. Uh, We welcome you online this morning. Uh, Thinking of uh, Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam, we welcome you online and other nations that are watching Um, Australia, the USA, Germany, other nations. You're all welcome today and it's great to be here and it's great to be presenting the Word of God to you today. Uh, That's what changes your life. Um, It's an exciting season for us and even though we're in lockdown, I believe it's an exciting season in God to push forward and we never shrink back. We rise up and we push forward and uh, I believe that's what this book would tell us to do is to keep pushing forward pushing into God. And I've been, uh, Julia and I have been spending some time. Um, well, we've been watching The Chosen actually, which is an incredible uh, um, series on, uh, on uh, YouTube. And uh, it's just a great dynamic of 12 guys who are relating to Jesus. And I want to bring my word around that this morning. I want to challenge you and fire you up. But let's pray before we go to the Word, shall we? Lord, I want to thank you right now for the power of the Word of God. I pray right now of every person online this morning who's streaming in, God, that this would be a powerful encounter for them this morning, that they would encounter the power of your love, that it would be a real intimate and challenging moment for each of us, God, that we would step in to our purpose and our destiny. God, that we would truly find our God shape and going forward. And even in this season, God, that we would be able to tangibly take a hold of the promises of your word and apply them in our lives. I speak over anyone right now that may be in pain or um, fear or anxiety with the uncertain times we're in, and I speak peace over you in Jesus' name. And I pray right now for a miracle in your home, in your world, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the Word of God, shall we? I, I love the Bible because it says that the um, entrance of your word bringeth light. The entrance. David said that the entrance of your word, the entrance, the Word of God coming in through the eye gate. Through the Spirit bringeth light; it brings light into your world. So we're going to the Passion Bible this morning, page six thirty-six, and John seventeen. I want to come out of the Book of John this morning. I want to give you some real truths out of the Book of John. I've uh, been reading that just in line with the uh, chosen that we've been watching. Book of John, um, chapter seventeen. And verse 2. I love this. I I love it. I think this is verse verse 3. Sorry. It says eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I want to read that to you one more time. I want you to get there. Make this your study this week. Get into this. Make it real to you. Eternal life. So eternal life, in other words, is not going to heaven. It's knowing God. It's knowing Jesus. I think a lot of people are waiting for eternal life, but you can step into it right now. It says eternal life means to know God and experience him as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. And we know that our salvation is in Christ, that it's through Christ who won the victory for us and uh, conquered every foe so you and I can have victory today. So I declare that victory over your life right now. Wherever you're at, I declare victory. So I want to title my message this morning, Jesus Revealed. And because uh, I think Jesus, it's having Jesus revealed in our mind, our spirit, our lives and outworking. So the more Jesus is revealed to us, the revelation of Christ. See, I think don't get too hooked up on theology and stuff. Get the revelation of Jesus in your heart and you will truly uh, shine. You'll, you'll the passion will flow out of your life. And I think we need more passion. And I think so. I'm calling it Jesus revealed. Okay. And uh, the Jesus of signs and wonders, the Jesus who didn't follow signs and wonders, but they followed him. And the, the, the whole context of the book of John is that we would be more like Jesus, that we would live, that we would have signs and wonders following us, that so we wouldn't just be looking for another sign or another wonder, but we would be it. I love Hebrews chapter 12, and in verse um, 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So we can see that it all comes out of focusing, knowing Christ, fixing your eyes on Christ. And uh, I, I love it. Paul's saying here, you've got to fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And uh, it, it's, it's powerful. The word of God is powerful. Paul also said in Philippians chapter three, writing to the Philippians in verse 10, he says, that I may know him and the power of, Of his resurrection so to know Christ Paul is saying the power of your life the enthusiasm the passion in your world will come out of your knowledge of Christ so I encourage you in that because like I said we've got to live passionate um, I think uh, we can make a choice whether we live with our pain, whether we live with discouragement, or whether we live passionately about the future and about the word of God and the expectation of the future. So I want to stir you up with an expectation of the future. I, I believe that the, the future is in Christ. And uh, I love it. Um, John, in, in John 17, in verse 3, he says, eternal life is to know God, It's knowing God, friends, and I want to challenge you. Paul said again, he said in writing to James, or sorry, James wrote this in James chapter 4, verse 8. He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Words of Jesus. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So Jesus is saying the closer you get to me, the closer I can get into your world. If you push through, come a little closer. And uh, I think that the, the, the measure of truth in our lives, I think we need more truth in our lives. The measure of truth that you hear um, will be the measure of power that actually comes back into your life. The me- measure of truth that you're listening to, applying yourself to, uh, allowing into your world is the truth and the power that will flow out of your life. So get ready for that. That's why it says in John 8:32, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I love that. My favorite verse in the Bible, I think, is that Galatians 2.20, where it says, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And I think that's pretty much the key of life today. And I encourage you in that, because um, that's where we outlive the workings of God because otherwise you can't live one life and then be another person on Sunday. You've got to live this stuff. Daniel 11:32 it says, "The people that know their God will do exploits. I think even an in inspired church right now, this is a great season for us. This is a season for exploits. It's not a season to shrink back. It's a season to push forward. It's a season to come alive and not grow weary and, and get excited about the future. In four weeks, we're doing our Vision Builders. Um, Sunday, we're doing our Vision Builders offering, and uh, really believing in that day. To that as we sow, as we corporately sow into the future and into the next generation, into what Christ is establishing, not just now but in the future. Because our vision and our passion is always in the future. And in four weeks, on Sunday the third of October, we're going to do our Vision Builders offering. And I want to cause you right now to start praying about that and start believing for that, and start believing that that be a great day of breakthrough. And uh, man, let's get excited about what God wants to do in our life, because in his presence, everything changes. And uh, and Paul wrote again in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse one, follow my example as I follow Christ. So he's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, Paul obviously had learned this from listening to the disciples and listening to the people who talked about who hung with Jesus very closely. And he says, I'm going to mimic Christ and I want you to mimic me as I mimic Christ—that's what He's saying. Follow me as I follow Christ, and it's powerful stuff. Uh, it, it's it's exciting for our lives, and I want to stir your faith up this morning. That when they saw the the results of Jesus, it stirred these passionate disciples. If you watch the Chosen, Julia and I've been watching it, and and it, it it's been it's made a, it it makes you understand. Here we are in lockdown. You get very close to one another. Not that we're not close already, but you observe each other in our in our world, okay? You you observe each other in the confinement of lockdown, and you see every person. You see their habits. You see their character. And uh, Julia and I have made some decisions in here that uh, during lockdown that uh, we're going to exercise every day. That we're going to keep ourselves fit, sharp, on the ball, and to go another dimension and in our devotion and in our prayer, getting up every morning and praying for you guys and praying for the the kingdom of God and praying for the church that it will continue to explode right now with many people across the world and in our nation and our city right here so hungry and desperate for an intimate relationship with God. Not not monologue like we're doing here with me just talking about dialogue and I believe it's powerful in our lives. So we've been watching that and the disciples it's that's why I love the book of John. It's a great example. I'm gonna just go through there quickly is some great examples for us and I want to give you a couple of the points that the disciples um, um, were able to gather while they hung with Jesus. And number one, they noticed that his praying was incredibly powerful. The way he prayed, they asked him, would you please teach us how to pray? Because they saw the results of his prayer, how that when Jesus prayed, there were incredible signs and wonders that follow it. There was peace, there was passion and it flowed out of his life and they saw that his prayer connected him with his father and there was an incredible dynamic of overflow out of his life the bible is all about us having an overflow what's flowing out of our lives is it positive passion or is it is it something else is it something that draws back so they said to him please teach us how to pray the way that you pray the second observation i made out of there is that he loved to hang around the table jesus loves hanging around the table He loves sitting down having a meal. Why? Because I think around the table, you have some great dialogue and you can have some great discussions. And I encourage that. I encourage that in every person. I think some of the greatest dynamics I've had, I've led many people to Christ as we sat around the table. A while ago, sitting around the table with a couple um, who who were buying a car off me and I sat down around the table with them. And as we sat around the table and just chatted over a coffee, I, the, the, the heavens opened and it just became an incredible God moment. And I ended up leading them to Christ, which is a, a powerful miracle. Jesus loved being around the table. And uh, in fact, he even said, uh, I love it so much. Do this in remembrance of me. And so obviously we take communion, we remember the Lord's death, resurrection, burial and resurrection until he comes again. And we go around the table and we do that. But don't underestimate the power of the table of our communication. The third thing that they learned and that they recorded on Jesus was that he served others. Jesus had an incredible desire. He said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. I came to serve others. I've come to serve you. And Jesus, obviously, he was consistently looking for opportunities to add value to other people. And I wonder if that's flowing out of our life, that we add value to others, that we look for opportunities to add value to other people in our world. And Jesus was so cool at this. And uh, and he was very passionate about it. The first thing that I want to uh, say that was an observation that they, they recorded was Jesus was so compassionate. He was so compassionate to the lonely, the hurting, the broken, the the desolate, the, the, the sick and the lame. He was so compassionate. And Jesus was always looking for a opportunity to let his compassion overflow and which opens the door to the supernatural, which is why we need to be so compassionate with what flows out of our life. It's not just about bringing a word. It's not just about the theological truth. It's about having a compassionate relationship with the living God. It's about Jesus being so real in our lives that we can literally see what he sees. We can see the desperation in people. Jesus could see the desperation. He could see the the need, the, the hunger. And Jesus always responded by that, by, by involving himself in their lives. And I really believe that every time he did it, he added value to a life and I believe God wants us to walk in that same way. When was the last time you had compassion rise in your heart for someone? When was the last time you, instead of just sending an emoji, you you are hugged with an emoji that you literally um, phoned someone up or prayed for them over the line or got involved in their world? I challenge you with that because Jesus was always looking for an opportunity to serve others, and I think it's very powerful in our world. His heart was moved by compassion. I was preaching in Vietnam the other night, obviously streaming into Vietnam, live streaming. And uh, in the end, we did an altar call. And the altar call went for something like an hour and a half. And there were people coming and people coming. And I was praying for them over over the uh, airways and uh, live streaming right in there and putting my hand out and praying for people as they came in front of the camera. And uh, man, miracles were happening. People were getting set free. And there was one girl who came and she had a real bad uh, situation in her neck and God challenged me. And and boy, my heart broke and I began to weep. And I tell you what, I saw the power of God just go right across the live stream, right into her world. And I saw a miracle happen right there. And I want to tell you right now, there are miracles when you let passion open up in your life. And so anyway, these guys, they left us incredible recordings of this in the book of John I love. And it says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. That's John 20 and verse 31. Okay. But I love what it says just over the page in verse in, in chapter 21 and verse 25. It says Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have had room for the books that would have been written. Wow and john walks us through in uh, in his book about the eight miracles that jesus did and i just want to briefly go there because he wanted us to have our faith built and our belief in christ that we would flow in the same power and so obviously we won't get them for but read it for yourself and make it a study this week but there are eight miracles in the book of john very powerful miracles And I believe that each one of us could could grow on it and learn something from it. But my key point today, and I deliver this to you right now, is where do you need Jesus to show up in your world right now? This is for you. Where do you need Jesus to show up in your world right now? Maybe you should note that down. Where do I? Make that your study. Where do you need Jesus to show up in your world right now? Because my Bible says that he is willing. He's the same God today, as he was yesterday. says in the book of Acts, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he wants to be the same in your life. So where do you need Jesus to show up in your life right now? Then we go through these eight miracles. The first miracle, of course, being the wedding feast. Jesus was invited to the wedding feast. And I tell you, he wants to be invited into your world and your circumstances today. He's got miracles for someone online here today. You're watching this. Apply this to your life right now, but he's got a miracle online for you that will skip the process of time. He made the best wine of all, kept it till last, made the best wine of all, what should have taken two to five years, he made in a moment out of water. Jesus will skip the process of time to bring a miracle into your life today. I believe that's for someone watching right now, and I declare into your life that a miracle be established right now in your world in Jesus' name. That house you never thought you could get. I want to tell you right now, it's a process of time that God can cut across it like that and bring a miracle to bear. The second miracle recorded there is the, <clears throat> the miracle of the nobleman's son who was close to death. And it says that Jesus intervened in that. And I want to tell you, that's a great miracle. You'll find it in John 4:46. This could be for your study this week. But in John 4, 46, he talks about this man who came to Jesus and he said, my son's at the point of death master, can you come? And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to send my word. And I love that because I believe that's a word for the online church in 2021. Right down through the time, this message is right now for you, the online church in 2021, that Jesus doesn't actually have to physically be there. And we're physically distanced at the moment, but we are certainly not uh, distanced in the way we can communicate. We may be physically distanced, but we're not distanced in communication. So we can, just like Jesus, it says he sent his word with this man. And it says, as the man began to walk, Jesus said, as you go, the miracle's going to happen and your son's going to get healed. It's a miracle for 2021. It's called, we might be physically distanced, but we're not socially distanced. We can prophesy and declare the word. A man phoned me up in a desperate situation the other day, and I got to pray for him over the line, got to send him some messages that he's going to pray and confess over his world, led him to Christ on the phone. A miracle happened right there. And we have an opportunity today to do more than we've ever done before. There is no distance that separates you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And he can work a miracle in your life today. So while the guy's on his way, a miracle happens. It's awesome. It's in his next step. And who knows? Maybe you should get out of your seat today and just take a step. Maybe in your next step, God's going to open up the heavens on that miracle that you're crying out for, that you've been waiting for. The third miracle that he records in the book of John and John 5 is the lame man at the pool. And the lame man at the pool. Man, let's focus on this one for a little while because he's been there for 38 years. 38 years stuck at a pool. 38 years. I love this guy because the circumstances are obviously against him. And yet he's still there. I love that. He's still there. He hasn't gone away. He hasn't said I'm giving up on the he's still in church. He's still waiting for his miracle. And I like I like hanging around people who don't let hell get the better of them. I like hanging around people who are saying, Man, I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna let it get the better of. Them. No, his excuse was no one to put me in the pool. I wonder what our excuses are. Uh, he's lost all hope. He's sitting there. He's seen others healed. He's seen others get their baby. He's seen others get the job. And he's still sitting there 38 years. And so he, he's got this excuse so, that no one's there to put me in the water. The Bible says in Proverbs 13:12 that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. And I want to tell you right now, friend, Jesus turned up in his life. Excuses are sometimes belief systems that require no change. That's what they are. It's belief systems that require no change. We're happy to sit there. And they give you permission in some way. They give you permission to arrange your faith so so that it fits around your comfort zone, not your calling, because our calling is always bigger. And I think when we have excuses in our life that we allow or we give permission, sorry, to arrange our faith around our comfort zone, not our calling. And I believe God's got a great calling on every one of our lives to go further and do more. So you have to become all that you can be for other people. And I want to challenge you with that thought today. The waters were stagnant. The waters needed someone to come down and stir them. And he's waiting for an angel to come and stir the water, hoping that he can then get in. When stagnant waters become uh, dead and murky, no life can survive in there anyway. It needs a stirring, and, and God had to send an aid. No wonder Paul wrote to Timothy, and in Timothy chapter two, second uh, Timothy one verse six. He said, Timothy, I want to remind you to stir up your faith. You've got to stir your faith up. You've got to stir the water. The water's got to be stirred in your life. The flow of your life has to be stirred. And Paul says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And that's why sometimes we've got to lay hands on people. Verse 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And that's what we've got to live with. That's what we've got to walk with. That's what we've got to flow with. And uh, I challenge you right now to stir your faith. I've got to stir my porridge or it burns to the bottom. Julia cooked some beautiful soup the other day. She had to stir the soup so it doesn't stick to the bottom. You've got to stir it up a bit. If the dream inside of you has got stagnant, then I promise you right now is a good time to pray and believe God and stir up that faith. Learn Learn to get up and fly a little bit again. Learn to get some energy. Stand up. Jesus said to him, stand up. And sometimes you've got to stand up Sometimes you just got to stand up in the middle of your 38-year, um, no signs, no wonders. You've got to stand up and say, man, I'm going to change things here. So Jesus says to him, stand up. And in the middle of lost hope, this man stands to his feet. And I want to tell you, he is a God of miracles today, just like he was then. In fact, right now, maybe you should stand again and say, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand for what I believe. I'm, I'm going to, st-. in fact, I believe God's waiting for someone just to stand up just to stand up and say, hey, this stops with me. It's been in my generation for years, but it stops with me. This is the day it stops and it's going to turn around. And maybe this is your time right now to say, God, I'm standing and I'm going to make some decisions right now. Broken marriages stops with me. Broken relationships stops with me. Alcoholism stops with me. Addiction stops with me. Oh boy, heart disease stops with me. In my generation, in my family, it stops with me. Infirmity, poverty, it stops with me. Let's make a stand today. Immediately, the man is here. When Jesus shows up in your world, he turns things around. Maybe today. And I'll tell you what, right now, man, 38 years, I don't care if it was a bad decision. 38 years ago, when Jesus turns up, he puts it right. See, I think sometimes we say, well, it was a bad decision, but Jesus puts it right anyway. He doesn't care what the decision was 38 years ago. He's interested in you now. Jesus doesn't judge, and it'd be good if we don't judge because people are desperate people are hungry people need answers they don't need another another judgment they don't need another sin there's the feeding of the five thousand a great miracle there it's it's like a great example here study it for yourself this week we haven't got time to go through them all then in uh, my fifth point walking on the water man what a miracle John six uh there's a story there about walking on the water and how Jesus walks over the circumstances that are threatening to take you out. The sixth point is that Jesus heals the blind man sitting by the road and Jesus wants to heal our blind man. Then the seventh point I had today, there's this guy in his uh, his town and he's got two sisters, Mary and Martha, and he dies. And Jesus says, as he's on his way, this sickness is not unto death. And I wanna tell somebody right now, thing that the enemy John 10 says the thief comes to kill steal and destroy but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly I want to tell you right now I prophesy over things that have died in your world and I speak life into them in Jesus name things that are premature I speak over the spirit of suicide that's trying to claim young lives before their time right now in New Zealand and I break that curse cancer we break your curse in Jesus name And we declare the miraculous power of God. If we had, have had time and you've got to study it all for yourself this week. But the eighth one that's recorded, I think I gave you them all. The eighth one that's recorded in the book of John is the miracle catcher fish. And I want to tell you right now, friend, uh, Jesus says... Cast your net on the other side. It's not over yet. They've been going all night. It's not over yet, friend. This is your moment. It's not over yet. That relationship between you, your spouse, you, your son, you, your father, your mother, that relationship, God wants to restore it right now. He says, All you've got to do is get a new perspective in the morning. It might have been dark. It might have been all night you've been worrying about. God says, Today is a new day for that marriage. Someone right now, I feel someone's relationship being healed right now online. Online, There's a miracle going right into your life. Cast your net on the other side. Move out a little bit deeper. Go a little bit deeper. Give a little more. Give a little more love. Give a little bit more forgiveness. But there's love for you right now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person watching online today. I thank you for the miracles that are in their lives right now. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that as we discuss these truths and as we allow them to be revealed in our world, that Jesus Christ be revealed to a greater dimension, I pray right now for every person watching, and I thank you in Jesus' name, Lord, for healing, hope, and victory, for relationships restored, for hope restored. Lord, where there's been loss, I pray right now that you would intervene in Jesus' name. You are the God who delivers and sets us free. Just while your head's about and you're praying right now, maybe you've never made a a commitment to Christ. Maybe you've never invited Jesus in like he was invited to the wedding. Maybe you've never invited Jesus in and today could be your day for a miracle, friend. I want you, if that's you and you say, I need to get right with God, I'm way off, I'm off track, I need to get back on down, I need to stand for something. Maybe that's you, then stand with me right now and say, Jesus, say these words with me right now. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I want you to be my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, I receive you now, amen. Friend, there'll be some words. Uh, 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 that you can follow on the bottom of the screens. Just say yes, if you could respond to that today and we can feed some truth into your life and some great biblical promises for you to make your future revealed in Christ. And in Jesus' name, I declare that right now. I love you guys. Have a great week. Remember to study the book of John. Eight miracles there. Go for it. I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.